Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your host, Nolan Kate, like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Calls, going to join as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, how's it going this week? Uh, it's been okay this week. I'm 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 reading Little Women for the first time for my book club. Ah, and I have a lot of Joe and Lori feels, Kate. Yeah, and I really don't like uh, Alcott right now. Uh huh. Not a big fan right now. <laughs> Not a big fan. Oh, that's delightful. Now, why had you never read Little Women? I guess I shouldn't assume everyone reads Little Women. As as a, as a young person, but that was like one of the books that my mother read to us. So like my brothers too. Like mm-hmm. we had a, it was like we did Hobbit, we did Little Woman, we did uh, Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer, we did Redwall, uh, we did like a bunch of like that. Watership Down was another one, but yeah, Watership like Down never... seems a little traumatic. I don't know why any parent would read that to their <laughs> children. <laughs> Well, my mom's awesome. That's why. But uh, so you just had never you, had you seen the film? No, I've never even seen a movie before. So this is all fresh and new. Ah, now where are you in the story? Um, Lori and Amy in Europe right now is where I am okay. in the story. Um, so I'm like almost done. I've got like twenty percent left. Okay. And yeah, but uh, my book club meets on Monday, and I mm-hmm. already left a message on the Facebook, and I was just like, I have a lot of feels. <laughs> And I need to sulk. And I've actually been tweeting at um, Dr. Elizabeth Bridges because she was mm-hmm. very excited that I was watching it. So she, I've just been sending her tweets, like, when I get to certain parts. And yeah. I'm sure she's just really frustrated at this point that I'm tweeting at her about this. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it, my family wasn't, like, deeply literary in terms of, like, guiding stuff. So I was really self-directed. Mm-hmm. And so... I read a lot of Hardy Boys and Bucks Girl Children and then just, mm-hmm. like, other random things. I didn't even read The Hobbit until, like, high school um, because I knew very quickly that fantasy just wasn't for me and I was right. Um, <laughs> but so Little Women just kind of flew into the radar. I didn't even read, like, the illustrated classics version of it. And I devoured, like, mm-hmm. all of those when I was younger. So this this was a whole new experience. And I'm just, like I said, got a lot of feels. And they're kind of sulky, too, sometimes. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I look forward to your full thoughts next week then. And I clearly need to go Twitter stalk you and, and Dr. Bridges yeah. because I need to see these exchanges now. Uh, speaking of Dr. Bridges, we should put a big old plug here for Clexicon because, Noel, Clexicon is coming up real fast and it's going to be amazing. I'm very excited. I'm very excited as well. They they finally found some other folks for the Allies and Media <laughs> Yeah, it's not well, just us talking to Dr. Bridges for an hour. Yeah, so we should say uh, what Clexicon is. For those yeah. who are under a rock with Wi-Fi um, and have heard us mention it and are confused, uh, Noel, I'm going to throw it to you. What is Clexicon? What is Clexa? What is uh, all of these things? So <clears throat> Clexa is the ship name for Lexa and Clark from The 100. And as I'm sure many of our listeners are aware, uh, when the 100 killed off Lexa unceremoniously. Um, It angered a lot of folks, and some of those folks decided to channel their anger and frustration into a celebration of uh, lesbian and gay and et cetera, et cetera, uh, representations on television uh, with a 
heavier focus on lesbian representations and launched Klexicon, uh, which is happening in a couple of weeks in Las Vegas. And so it's this big week-long con. Uh, weekend-long. Weekend-long con, not week-long con. It's not an academic conference, no, well, thank God. <laughs> um, and so there are a number of, like, guests, uh, f- like, actors and actresses from uh, various shows. And then there are folks coming in from the press and um, YouTube and all sorts of places to discuss um cosplay to discuss representation storytelling all sorts of really interesting things you and i are on the allies media panel uh invited due to our uh discussion with mo ryan uh after all this uh went down last year and it's very very exciting yeah the we're going to be on the panel with two other very smart ladies who i'm just um you guys just just go to to Klaxicon's website and check it out because like I was a little there was a little fangirl happening when I saw who was going to be on our panel. Um, I think it's super cool. There's some smart ladies, so I'm and looking me. forward to that conversation. Yeah. And Noel, yeah. Noel, you're also a smart lady for the purposes of this conversation. Yeah, well, um, for the purposes of the convention, I'm a smart lady too. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's really great. There's there are going to be a bunch of filmmakers, um, and and producers, and writers, and directors, as well as actors who uh, portray um, prominent and um, beloved women who love women um, in TV and film. So um, for for the you know the straightforward genre fans out there, Amy Acker is going to be there. Um, obviously for Root, uh, specifically for, you know, for Root from Person of Interest. But there's there's a whole slew of really awesome people. I'm very excited to see the uh, Winona Earp um, creator, Emily Andros, who's doing a bunch of stuff. And th- some of, like, the representation panels are, like, um, like there's some, like, fashion ones yes. that I think are going to be super amazing to go to. And there's a bunch of how-to workshops. I don't know. It's, I keep looking at the website, and they keep coming up with more new and awesome stuff um so we'll see you know how it all how, how it all comes together but I'm, I'm really excited i think it's going to be a lot of fun and i just can't wait to just we'll obviously we'll be participating in our panel about how to be an ally in the media uh, you know and and just the role of allies in um in lgbtq representation and lgbtqia i should say representation um but more than that, and I think I can speak for you on this, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're both really excited to just attend panels and just shut up and listen to other people. Um, I'm so excited for the Steven Universe panel. Yay! Yeah. No, it should, <laughs> it should be a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to meeting, like, face-to-face. Yeah, listeners, we've never actually met IRL, and so it's going to be it's gonna be awesome. We're going to record um, uh, our episode for that week in person um so it'll probably be a heavily like just different or truncated or, or right. different case we'll we'll have a lot going on that week yeah. but um it's that should be super duper fun and yeah and of course friend of the show elizabeth bridges will be the one moderating our our panel so uh hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to her about some stuff too um but yeah it should be it should be a lot of fun and that's coming up march 3rd through 5th right and yeah, um, the, I'm ex- I'm just excited by everyone that they've gotten because that's competing directly with Emerald City Comic Con, mm-hmm. and that's that's a big con up here to, in this area. So yeah, and they've got they've got a lot of really great folks coming for it, despite a much bigger con happening like where I live. <laughs> yeah, 
Now, are you going to get the grounder makeup at the grounder grounder makeup booth that they're doing? Uh, I don't makeup and beard. My beard don't really go together. I feel it like you could. It takes a lot can... to wash it out. I'm just saying. Yeah. I feel like you could rock a look if you were so inclined. <laughs> they could like give you some like Lincoln like badassery. You know? Okay. I, I feel like you I'll could do it that. if you do it. I will totally do that. Okay. Absolutely. No. Okay. You heard it here, listeners. Barring an insanely long line that is prohibitive. We'll, look for us on Twitter. We'll use our speaker passes. No, we won't. <laughs> We're not going to be dicks. Come on. Oh. Not cool. Not cool. Um, anyways, we should actually get into talking about TV and not just things we're excited about coming up. Um, I wanted to mention, because um, I forgot to mention last week, that I was super excited that Gina Rodriguez, um, her production company, I Can and I Will Productions, just uh, signed a deal with CBS, and they're going to be producing different shows um, with a priority on diverse representation, um, culturally diverse, and I would guess just in their casting, um, gender and, and uh, ethnicity or, or, or background um, diverse. Um, so that's super exciting, and based on what I know about Gina Rodriguez, I feel like that can only be a good thing to have her get in more positions of um, like in a production capacity and producer capacity. I feel like that's only going to be a good thing. Yeah. It's a very good thing. And it's where you can like affect actual changes in the industry by starting your own production company can make a huge difference. And housing it at CBS is uh, really smart since uh, they already have a relationship with her through Jane um, because CBS studios produces Jane. So it's not a surprise that she ended up at CBS and that CBS wanted to like continue working with her in a capacity beyond uh, just as an actor. So it's it's really good news. It's really good news. Yeah. We also heard from some of our listeners this week, and uh, I wanted to point out a couple. Uh, well, first of all, I heard from somebody looking uh, curious about my thoughts on The Path um, season two, uh, we're going to, we're going to probably talk about that. I would guess next week. Um, but I'm now uh, officially two behind. So yes, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so we're not going to talk about this week, but hopefully soon. Um, but uh, we heard from Isandra. I wanted to specifically thank you, Isandra, for telling me about WKRP in Cincinnati, Cincinnati being out on shout, which you knew about Noel, yeah. but I did not. Uh, and that's very exciting because um, uh, at some point here we will be reviving the DVD shelf and I will be looking for someone who wants to talk about WKRP in Cincinnati because it's a very funny show. Um, so thank you for that heads up. And I also wanted to give another shout out to Jeanette um, for our discussion of Amaya. <laughs> Having well, more on that later. Yeah, for Amaya. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh, thank you guys and everyone else who, who reaches out on, on Twitter and Facebook and everything. We do love hearing from you guys. Um, but this week, uh, we'll, we're going to be talking lots of Jane the Virgin. Uh, we thought we should separate that off into its own segment because spoilers and because things, stuff and things, uh, stuff went down this week. So we'll that'll be at the end of the podcast. But first, we are going to uh, head into our Week in TV, starting with the comedies and... Our last Crazy Ass Girlfriend song for quite a while. Um, so we will be right back after this. Well, Rebecca, you've done it now. You've gotten everything you said you wanted. So take a moment and take a breath. After today, you'll start fresh. And finally, I'll be. 
the hero of my own story, the princess in the tale. In an unexpected twist, it turns out magic exists. I'll feel it in my dress and in my veil. Daddy's little girl, princess of his world, that was never something I knew before. But now that I'm a bride, he'll look at me with pride. Cause my daddy will love me and then in a wonderful way, everything in the past will just fall away. That was our lovely, or at least part of the lovely reprise that we had in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend's finale this week. Uh, this week in comedy, we're going to kick things off, though, not with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but with Detroiters, which had its premiere on Comedy Central this week, the pilot. Um, then we're going to just talk a little briefly about the some of the ABC comedies. Not all, because I still don't watch two of them, even though everyone tells me that I should get cut up on the middle. Noel, you, you tell me I should get cut up on the middle. I, I, to be fair, it's like me and Emily Nossbaum were the only two <laughs> only two people watching it. No, I actually know like four other people who watch the middle, but that's it. And also the Goldbergs, so um, yes. Nah, nah, nah. In, interesting. Okay, well, we will talk a little bit about um, Fresh Off the Boat, uh, Sisters Without Subtext, uh, Blackish the Name Game, and maybe some thoughts on Speechless V-A-L valentine's da day and uh, superstore valentine's day um so little valentine's day kind of round up there and then we'll round out the comedy segment with crazy ex-girlfriends season two finale can josh take a leap of faith spoiler alert no his leap of faith is stupid and we'll talk about that in a little bit anyways first up is detroiters which is a show on comedy central uh, about uh, local ad men in detroit who are terrible at their job um but they well they're pretty terrible. Their Chrysler pitch is really good. It, yeah, they get there like by accident, though. <laughs> That's how... Oh, right, because Don Draper came up with all his best ideas by <laughs> not drinking all day. Touche. Touche. <laughs> it's an excellent point. Um, so, Noel, this is what I was looking forward to. We mentioned it in our um, mid-season preview. Uh, just because of Sam Richardson, who is just amazing and wonderful on Veep, which I'm very excited about it coming back soon. Um how, were you, I think, hadn't heard of this one. What did you think of the premiere? And will you be tuning in in the next few weeks? Uh, I'll probably be tuning in for a couple more episodes just because comedy comedy premieres, even on cable, tend to be like, okay, I see what you're doing, but I'm ready for you to like move quicker in terms of like finding your legs and everything. And I think Detroiters is very much a premise type of setup um, in terms of we need to really establish the relationship between these two guys and then what they're doing, how they're trying to operate, and also very quickly establish that they're basically just JD and Turk mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and have all of that from Scrubs um, playing off of one another in, at the very end of the episode. But I, I, I think it shows a lot of promise in terms of what they can do, and I'm excited to see more of them do like local ad type stuff because I felt like the the spa king uh stuff while funny uh just kind of landed just a little flat because it was just like oh it's a film school joke uh, <laughs> um but i i liked how it saved his marriage inadvertently but still i i'm ready for them to like have to deal with like local at, local businesses mm-hmm. and navigate that kind of a relationship and yeah so i'm i'm eager to see what kind of weird cast characters that they can put into detroit 
and where if they can really mine that kind of specificity humor that they used to inspire their Chrysler ad that they ended up coming up with that they didn't get to pitch because they hit Jason Sudeikis with their car. <laughs> um, how did you feel about it? You were you were much more excited and interested in this than I was, considering I had never heard of it. So how did you feel about this? I thought it was okay, and yeah. I, I, I was I was whelmed. I would say I I think uh, that was not helped by other people talking about how great it was. And I didn't really see that, uh, but maybe they've seen yeah. more episodes ahead. It's very possible. It's a possibility. Um, but I think there are some some solid pieces here. Certain, some of their the, their bits don't work. So for me, the um, the secretary who keeps confusing the one guy with the dad never and is, is funny. Still trapped in the sixties. Yeah, that it wasn't funny, and it never came around for me. Um, however, like character quirks. Like Sam Richardson's character just immediately defaulting to everyone as black, uh, yeah. <laughs> describing the milky black breast of a person um, was just delightful. Um, it's, and like so, the more specific they're going to make some of these uh, these characters, uh, I think the better and more interesting the show has the possibility to be. And like you say, I think there's a good premise here. There's a lot of potential here, and obviously there's just some smart and funny people involved in the project. Uh, I would like to see a cast of characters that could very easily come together around like we need our camera guy we need our sound guy we need, like it would be very easy to have a recurring um bench that that could yeah have a lot of potential so we'll see if they go that way if they don't then they just keep centered around you know these two guys and and the one's sister and be, being the wife of the other guy um th then there's still a lot that they can do out of it and there's a lot of fun to have just with the local ads but um yeah i was i was not as bowled over as i was hoping to be but you know that doesn't mean that it can't grow into something yeah 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 i i i think growth is going to be the operative thing and um i'm eager i'm eager to see more but it's also sort of like comedy central's original slate is always really hit or miss for me yeah so, like, I, I have a very, like, short leash that I end up putting all their shows on, by and large. And so this is, this is at least, I think, a bit more in my wheelhouse than some of their other earlier stuff has been. Um, but I'm also barely watching Comedy Central anymore. Yeah. So I don't even know what they're doing, really, um, over there. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, though. We'll see, though. We'll see. Uh, well, what did you think of this week's ABC theme week of Valentine's? Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this in the past a little bit, but they're, they're really bringing back that nineties. Um, it's Valentine's everywhere. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. feeling this week. Uh, for me, the, the highlights were fresh off the boat and blackish. Um, but I did also really like some parts of speechless this week. I, I also caught up and everything you said last time about the ABC comedies cosign. They were all really good. <laughs> Thank you for poking me to watch them. Uh, but yeah, for you, which are the episodes that stood out this week? Uh, the Fresh Off the Boat one, I think, was the strongest of the ones I watched, um, though I'll make mention of the middle towards when we do, like, comedy week win. Mm -hmm. um, but I really loved everything with Jessica and her, Jessica and her sister this week. Yeah. Uh, it was really touching. It was really sweet. I liked the reveal that Jessica painted and is a terrible painter, but also went through a great zebra period. Oh, no, that's a, that's a piano. Oh. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but it, I liked how the show really executed its subtext with through the subtitles that they've been running since the start of the show when we first met Jessica's sister. And then just 
found a way to make those jokes really fresh and really new. And so the gag never has, hasn't become stale yet. And this is after like at least four or five appearances with that, with the sister. And that's really impressive considering that that joke should have probably run out of steam after the second appearance, but it hasn't. And so I really enjoyed even like the, the climax of it through the song yeah. doing the subtitles <laughs> was really, really funny. The tangent and about Gail. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. That was the best part. It was so nineties, but I really liked the fact that it was just like, Gail is, Gail is really lucky. And it's just like, I love all of this that's <laughs> happening right now. Um, because it, the thing about the tangent about Gail is that it just felt really natural to a conversation but it's all done through the song, mm-hmm. and it's just it's really clever, and it was very very funny. How did you feel about the Fresh Off the Boat episode? Um, I yeah, I, I really enjoy this new take on the, the the bit that they do with Connie and the, the the performance from the actor whose name I don't have in front of me. I apologize, um, but who plays Connie when there's no subtitle? <laughs> yes, <laughs> just like the. I don't trust it, you know, was was wonderful. And watching their interactions throughout, and then when the subtitles returned, uh, was 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 really great. As someone who also drives around in her car singing and taking different lines of the melody with my sister, uh, I certainly enjoyed that part of it as well. Though, though we have a stronger relationship and a not requiring, at least to my knowledge, um, subtitles. So that, you know, the, you know I, I always appreciate when they can find those, even in a more heightened and ridiculous dynamic-like um, Jessica and her sister, uh, finding those like just really relatable moments. Um, and, and the, yeah, this episode had in space. And, and then when you have the, like the ridiculous subplot of, of the painting, like <laughs> there were also some, I caught up on man seeking woman this week as well. And there was some highly memorable and not safe for work paintings on man seeking woman recently. Um, so I mm-hmm. was enjoying that little through line in my viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought that one was really very fun. I, I also liked the, um, in in speechless just uh, pretty much the whole episode so like jj uh uh just how did he eat all that chocolate it's like how how like physically how i love that they have no problem making that joke on speechless Mm -hmm. um and uh i also love the just the shot of mini driver with all the different hearts like there aren't this many reasons to to love me. There just aren't. As, as someone who's terrible at gifts, I really can relate to like I have no idea what to do. Um. So yeah, that I thought that was was pretty fun. But for me, the the one that I'll probably remember the most, um, aside from Fresh Off the Boat, is Blackish, and I love them mm-hmm. taking on the the discussion of black naming and naming culture and the the history of that. Um, again, Blackish is so, like, I feel like extra this season, they're even more committed to taking on issues of black identity, um, in a, but issues that are maybe less obvious to clueless white people, you know, like, like some of the, some, some, some issues that they've taken on because most of their episodes do take on an issue are, have been more straightforward. And I feel like this, this season, like as they've, as they've gone through, there's always been like, like last season we had the N word episode and like, there's been some, some particular standout episodes, but I feel like the, like this is a, like a pretty straightforward, not very special episode, episode of yeah. Blackfish. And then it's still 
like the discussion of should we name our kid Devante um, was was really uh, yeah it's something I appreciated seeing on my TV. Yeah, and it's the discourse around it was really helpful because even even like when they're talking about the name, they're just like, well, maybe we should just go with Michael, but make sure that he doesn't sound black on the phone because you can always tell. <laughs> and there's just this nod of agreement of like, yeah, you can tell, and how to like underplay that kind of uh, representation through society Mm -hmm. and so again like you were saying it's just the awareness of these discussions and how this all works and then how it's just like well america's not ready for this augustus at the at the coffee place couldn't say (laughs) Devante, and it's it's not gonna happen not yet it's too soon um but um even like some other stuff that they did within this episode was still really good like with the bakery Mm -hmm. and um the whole as long as it's not a gay wedding, and it's just like we're gonna take this cake. <laughs> just taking this. This is mine now. <laughs> just take this is mine now, <laughs> and that kind of a thing that shows, like, again, these are people who are making like really socially motivated choice. These are characters who are making socially motivated choices, and so I, I really appreciated like that through line of where uh, Bo and Dre were operating from throughout this entire episode but even with uh the junior subplot um that culminated in well my my girlfriend doesn't believe in labels and she i can date you and both of you at the same time in fact i made pizza for three (laughs) and that all come crumbling down because i mean here he is thinking he's in this super progressive relationship Mm -hmm. and in fact she just wanted him to step up speaks again to the kind of progressive navigation that they're all like dealing with in their own particular way and it was just a very, very solid episode. Yeah. How do you feel about what, you know, what seemed like very conscious efforts to uh, to progress uh, uh, Jack and Diane? I'm good with conscious efforts to progress Jack. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no need to progress Diane ever. Okay. I like Diane as a little sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but I also like the acknowledgement of the fact that Dre's just like there's no one else I'd rather have in a bar fight than Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I, like I had that boy that boy dream, and then I had the the horrible nightmare. Um, yeah, the way that they just keep it, it's like a Kenneth the Page thing on Thirty Rock. They're just like he yes. just seeding it in there. But I, I like I actually really like what they're doing with Diane here because Diane is a little sociopath. That doesn't work when she's a teenager. That doesn't work when she's, you know, when she can actually cause real and lasting traumatic, you know, harm to her classmates and stuff, you know? To someone who isn't Charlie. To someone who isn't Charlie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So so I like that they're branching out from that and showing the, like, showing her as so insecure in her relationship with with her sister and everything and, and just trying to, like, be grown up is such a different look for her. For that character who she's always super confident and super like so it's really nice to see little touches of that we which we also saw in the in the um uh diane accidentally sees porn episode um yeah. so so I, I like that they're that they're taking some they're, they're playing with some different ideas there without abandoning you know the how the central life. yeah the central tenet of diane as a sociopath <laughs> um, <laughs> any other thoughts on uh, this week's Valentine's Day episodes, or shall we move on to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Well, one thing, and I don't think we discussed this a couple of weeks ago, but how do you feel about the Blackish spinoff proposal that's been going around ABC? Oh, is this for Zoe? 
Yes, for Zoe's, uh, um, Zoe going off to college. Um, I think if they have good writers, they can make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it'll they'll be able to recapture. I feel like that doesn't tend to work when they spin off a kid. Um, in, yeah. Into because it has to be such a different show. Um, but yeah. just because it hasn't worked before doesn't mean it couldn't work now. Uh, sure. So I think it would be just like any other new show. It would depend on the writers that they have and whoever's producing and then the cast, the cast they can pull together. Um, but there's certainly potential with that character and with that actor. Um, even if just having her go into like, I, th- I would be more interested if they wanted to like spin her off into like an hour long young, like internet, a fashion magazine kind of drama. I feel like maybe Easton like that would even work better, but um, I don't know. I'm open to it. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been mulling it and like I'm open to it as well, but a lot of me just I keep trying to figure out if the show's done enough for Zoe yeah. to like have her carry her own show in a lot of ways. Um and I feel like a lot of the idea of the spin-off is to extend the Blackish brand, which I think is smart, but also acknowledge the fact that they didn't want to have Zoe like shuttling back and forth or disappearing for a couple of weeks and then coming back because she was on break and that kind of thing keep justifying her presence um, on the show. But I like I just kept coming back to the fact I, I don't feel like I know enough about Zoe sometimes to like go, yeah, I want to watch a show with Zoe. And I, I think that's like where that that wall that I kept running into when I heard about it and kept thinking about it, it was just like, I like that character. But I don't feel like I often know that character enough to go. She doesn't have enough of a world established, like outside of the show, basically, or rather outside of the family, I should say, to for me to go. Oh yeah, yeah. This this feels like this would work, mm-hmm. and so I, I. But I'm not opposed to it in any way, shape, or form. And when they give that actor material, she's really great. Mm-hmm. So. I think it could probably work, but like you, I think a really different kind of tone or approach is needed Mm -hmm. uh, to help differentiate. When you think of the shows that have successfully spun off a minor character to their next show, um, the ones that come to mind for me, of course, Frasier, um, uh, Lou Grant from Mary Tyler Moore Show, which again went from half-hour comedy to hour-long drama, uh, Trevor John M.D., which again was a pretty significant shift in tone um there are of course all the happy day spinoffs like those and the and the um all the family spinoffs there's like a whole web of them but for for the ones that um that come to mind they they require a very distinct interesting and defined central character to make that transition work so that the character kind of becomes something different on the new show but there's a, a very distinctive performance centering it um, yeah, and th- like you say, that had they haven't done that with Zoe, so they it's for me it's less of a given that it'll necessarily work. But I do like the idea of trying it, and I like that as a like you're saying as a solution to her going to college instead of saying she's going to go to community college or she's going to go to college down the street, which like she was never going to college no. down the street, and, she, and <laughs> even if she did, which she wouldn't, she would never live at home, so yeah. that wouldn't make sense either. So like coming up with a different answer, I think, is a good idea. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the immediate comparison in, in no small part because of the fact that, I mean, it's the black is centered around an African-American family is the fact that it's just like, oh, they're doing a different world. Yeah, they're doing a different world, which didn't work huge, hugely, but it got a couple, yeah. of, a couple seasons, right? 
yeah, no, it, it worked well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just didn't, like, take off. Yeah. Um, and because, like, yeah, it didn't take off as well. But, I mean, that show was still different enough mm-hmm. um, from Cosby show in no small part because of the setting. But it it was able to function within its own identity. But we've also, they had also had seasons of Lisa Bonet. Yeah. <laughs> To build up, yeah. and so that made sense. Uh, whereas here, it's like, well, yeah, but is what I keep coming to. So, but it's only p- like pilot type stuff. So, I mean, it may not happen. So. Yeah, they, but it's gonna happen. I mean, they, we've had three seasons <laughs> with Zoe, but yeah, but yeah, she hasn't. Lisa Bonet made a stronger that or the writing for that character along with the performance was yeah. a much more distinctive performance whereas zoe tends to be a utility player for what they need in a given episode and that's very different that's true yeah she's much more utility than any of the other kids yeah yeah well um let's move on to our last show for our week in comedy and that is the craziest girlfriend finale which aired last week friday but we're just getting to now can josh take a leap of faith and okay are we starting with the leap are we starting with josh chan priest or are we starting with the music how do you want to start uh let's save the music for last okay and let's let's talk about the lead okay and did that work for you yes it worked for me i bought it i thought it made sense i thought that they they led up to it well with the, the by paralleling it with the beginning of the episode when she's just gazing out over this landscape um so for me that that it did work um obviously we know she's not going to commit suicide because we know there's another season <laughs> but um but though that would have been really interesting yeah <laughs> um but i i do think for me for me it worked for not only because i i thought it made sense for the character um and and how she was escalating over the course of the episode with like these, these like, I forget the correct term for it, but like fugue state kind of thing moments she was having. Um, and also because of what we saw in, in how the different people responded, uh, Paula, Valencia and Heather and, and also very distinctly, um, Rebecca's mother, the way that they all responded that I thought helped it really work and come together. Uh, but it sounds to me like it didn't work for you. A lot of me just goes to back to the thing that I was dealing with for the tail end of the season. It's just like, this happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, we got Robert really quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, and I, I also kind of just went, Paula's really into this very quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just, I sort of struggled with, that aspect of it of just how much they want me to go into this as like heavy as they did. And I think that a lot of it is, I see where they're going to like create it as a breaking point is that she just was doing too much too fast. Mm -hmm. And all of this was a real big overreaction on her part. So of course something like this would cause a break Mm -hmm. and I can rationalize all of it, but like narratively, I'm just like, I needed, like, something else from the Harvard Yale stuff to happen way sooner. Okay. Basically. Uh, to, like, have this, like, uh, have this explanation happen. And then to have it conveniently with Trent 
finding out and then giving it over and like handing all this stuff and i'm just like this is all happening way too quickly for me on like a couple of like just different like sliding scales of things it's just like a couple of episodes of this as opposed to nathaniel being a thing that existed within the narrative of the show Mm -hmm. apart from just apparently being a plot device to get her dad here Mm -hmm. um just i felt like it could have been i felt just it i needed it to happen a little smoother and a little slower than i think it ended up doing because at the end where it's just like just chan must be destroyed and i'm just like i'm okay with this idea and this whole concept of like making his life miserable even though i don't think a season can sustain that no. but i just kind of immediately went but i don't know why paula's apparently all in on this uh unless <laughs> she's just going like whole hog supportive paula again even though she knows that doesn't work well for her anymore and that's where i was kind of left with it i was just like i like this idea i like this idea of everyone becoming the villain in her story mm-hmm. for one of a better term but I'm just like, uh, I don't know that this happened. This I, I just keep going. This happened a little too quickly for me. Okay. So wait. So what didn't work for you? Her going to looking like she was going to commit suicide? No, or- I no, because like I didn't. Even if we didn't think that she, we had another season. Yeah. Like I didn't think that she was going to commit suicide. Yeah, but would like. <laughs> that part of it did that work for you like that that was her response or do you not buy it no i buy that that's okay. her response i just I, it just all feels too accelerated okay to me. okay that's all that's really all it is like i i within a short term again rationalization of like how wrapped up she got and then how very quickly it broke apart mm-hmm. like I can understand where they're going for it, but me personally, I just needed like more time for this to happen. Okay. But I understand for like this idea of it all happening quickly and her breaking quickly, it needed to happen quickly. Uh-huh. I just, I just, I just, uh, because of how I like narrative to play out, it's just like this hap- This was too much too quickly. Okay. That's interesting because yeah. for me, it, it, I totally bought it. I thought it worked absolutely uh, very well and i liked that there, that there was more in her backstory we didn't know uh, it was sort of like wait that's not a, very out of nowhere and it's like then as soon as i thought about it i was like actually no that makes a lot of sense this shouldn't be the first time that she's you know that, that she's repeated this pattern um and so having like having there be a, a robert and other stuff that we don't basically the show going like guys she had a life before we saw her in the pilot um for me that that worked and having it come up under this strain made sense for me um so so i think that that helps with with how i responded to it and um i loved the the text of the the theme song being lifted from the 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 hearing with the judge um i loved the explanation of why she decided to go off her meds um, at the beginning of the show, being that the meds she were, was on, which at least right now I'm I'm assuming we're supposed to think are the same ones that she was given in, at the hospital that she was at, um, were way were the wrong cocktail basically, and and way too strong, and so like that's why she's part of why she's so like everything's so muted and she's so fuzzy and um, she's so miserable at the beginning of the series. Is because she's still like when we saw her in the and she's just practically catatonic on on her meds. Um, it seemed like 
not that far from where she was in the pilot. Um, obviously, she's a high functioning attorney in the pilot, but yeah, but it, it seemed much more in keeping with that than what we've seen from her since. And so, like for me, that that it just it made sense, I guess, and it all clicked in. I liked the her mom being in there in the court to represent her and that explaining some of her connection to her mother um, while not walking away from how terrible a mother her mother is. Like, I like that it's not either or it's both, you know? Um, And so that, that really worked for me as well. And um, yeah, the stuff with, with Robert, I guess, I don't know. To me, it just makes sense. So, but I know you're not alone. I've seen other people frustrated by just how quickly this is dropped in. And especially as a, so as it being a trend in the, towards the end, actually really the whole, the whole of the season, that's been a problem. Yeah. The pacing has been a problem all season. And as far as Paula, I buy her, like, of course that was her response. We will d- destroy Josh Chan. She's so mama bear. She's so protective. Like, yeah, I buy that. No questions asked. That's of course how I, how I feel Paula would respond. Like, especially in the moment, like she might yeah. get talked back, you know, <laughs> a little bit by her husband. Um, but yeah, yeah. Policy's red <laughs> right now. Um and that yeah, that 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 really worked for me. Do you have any thoughts uh, on um on the other flashback stuff or or like the the theme song thing and having like was that a little, was that too tidy or do you think it worked? No, I I actually like all the flashback stuff and everything is again like I felt it went back to it further justified my idea that I wanted this to be like more overtly seated mm-hmm. or seated in a way that made sense. Like your point about her having a life before the show began is a terrific one, but it's, n- we're never given like an explanation for anything. It's just like her on we and everything and the medication she's on when we need her mm-hmm. isn't provided for in any way, shape or form at the beginning of the show or at all prior to this. Mm-hmm. And so it's it feels a little bit like we left it vague on purpose yeah type of thing so that we could fiddle with it later mm-hmm. and if we wanted to or however long we had and we can like paint paint in things later if we get far enough yeah and i can understand that idea but at the same time i just i would have preferred like some concept of the robert stuff but also stuff with the court and with the rehabilitation center uh, at least some sort of reference to it in some sort of way or like some hint of it yeah. somewhere to not make it feel like, ah, big reveal type stuff. Yeah. And But I like all of that. And the thing that I'm excited about going into the next season is the prospect of getting more of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like we've continually talked about with one of the things that we really, both of us really respond to with this show is how it depicts and treats and deals with mental health. And so this whole prospect of us seeing more of where Rebecca was prior to even the start of the show is really exciting for me. And I want more of that. I'd I'd like a larger extrapolation of this whole idea that her whole musical thing started when she was in rehabilitation Mm -hmm. and how all of that feeds into all of this. And it's just like, that's really interesting and I want more, mm-hmm. but, and so, like you said, even like working in the theme song into it, 
continues the show's tradition of making sure that the theme song isn't just this kind of paratext that gets tacked on to the show to help introduce things um, or define the show. It like literally is a text within the show. And that's really exciting and really interesting. And I like their dedication of that idea. Yeah. I I do think that they missed an opportunity this season when they were introducing Nathaniel. That could have been a Robert analog. Yeah. And I think that's maybe where they wanted to go. And she saw that as a Robert analog. And that's why she rushes this. But... But you don't, there's, you, yeah, you, you have, have to draw that connection after the fact, yeah, which is not how I like to draw connections. No, that's something that, um, and it's tricky because nobody knows about that except for her, and they didn't want to have her saying Robert or anything like that beforehand, before the finale. Um, it's hard to think of a reason why her mother would be around to meet Nathaniel and to be like, oh, it's Robert, take two, or something like that, so that because of who knows what, you know? But that yeah. is something that would have, I think, helped a lot in, in you know, addressing your some of the issues you're having with it and also making the Nathaniel stuff work better. Um, and, and then seeing it as, like, a a parallel, but also then showing the ways in which he's different, um, you know, the ways in which that is his oversimplification. But, um, yeah, I thought it was... Uh, on, on the whole, I thought the episode was, was really fun. I loved... Um, okay, let, let's talk about Josh. Josh... Uh, yeah. falling into his old patterns, identifying them and saying, no, what am I doing? Uh, I, I Go lo- away, woman. I've only known for two two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, And, and Father Bra being like, it's kind of what you do. Um, which, obviously, we haven't seen that. We've only seen that with Valencia and, and Rebecca, but the idea that that's happened before with Valencia and some other person he just met um, is really... Uh, is, is really interesting. And, and again, it shows a connection to and a, and a commitment to josh as an individual that i think is really great um so so that was that was super fun uh but the notion that josh is going to become a priest is just like it's so stupid (laughs) josh everyone including father bra will tell you you are not you're not a priest he's he's not my my i have a great aunt who's a nun okay josh is not a priest (laughs) no he's not but i mean he doesn't have a I mean, he, what other path was he going to reasonably take? I mean, within the confines of the narrative, and this gets back again to things like happening really quickly, is that Josh doesn't have anything else going on apart from Father Bra and the electronics store. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that really reasonably would have made sense was him just going off on like a surfer journey. Mm-hmm. And I felt if they had done that, then they couldn't have done the destroying him thing because mm-hmm. then he would have been someplace else. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been, like, at a seminary in Covina. Yeah, but, like, he's not gonna, like, okay, this will connect into our conversation at the end of the show about yeah. about Michael. Uh, we're like, Michael's not gonna actually become a lawyer, because that would not work with the show. Josh is not gonna actually become a priest. Like, I don't think no. we're gonna spend several episodes with him. I think that's gonna be, like, a one-episode-and-done situation next season. Oh, I want at least three episodes of him trying to become a priest. Oh, my God. And like, just, 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 I want to see those poor priests in a seminary going, what are we supposed to do with this? This is some sort of chat. It's supposed, I want a riff on what do you do with a problem like Maria? Yeah. And I want to about problem Josh like Chan. Josh Chan? <laughs> yes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. But you can't get that in one episode. You need at least two or three. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we will see next season, I suppose. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, about 
Rebecca's father. Did it work for you to have so much of this episode centered around her relationship with her father? Here's the thing is like that just felt like a real non thing to me. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't latch onto it in any real way. Um, apart from just what they explained to us and like this whole idea of needing some sort of masculine attachment. And um, I just, it, it was, it was a little grating at times, but I never felt like he was really just the worst, the worst, mm -hmm. just like bad, but not like the devil instant horrible. It's just like, is asking for money for your other kids br braces terrible? Yes. Is it really, really, really terrible to the point where everyone's really aggressively against this guy? Yes. Don't, yes, I, it I, is. Yeah, it is. We disagree on this. <laughs> but it's such a shorthand way of doing it that there's nothing else within the confines of this episode that we get from him, apart from him not answering a text message in 17 minutes. It's just, again, it's all too much, too fast, and it's just, I, I needed more of him being really aggressively bad i guess oh no i thought no okay yeah. totally disagree here uh because he is boring evil he's like and i'd like more boring evil please but but like he, <laughs> he is because she's built him up to be this big thing to be this this specter looming over every certainly every male relationship she's ever formed uh, since he left. And so to have him be so nothing is so perfect for me. Uh, like, and, and, and to have him have no understanding or care or, or recognition of the way his neglect has affected her and, and of the extent to which he's a horrible father Yes, no, did he beat her? No, did, like, no, there, yes, there are worse people out there, but he, like, it's, for me, it was the absolute right way to go with, with her dad, uh, of, just, like, the guy who hurts her with, just, with n neglect, just with not noticing and not caring, and, and then, I think having, having her having him ask for money and it's not like, you know, it's for braces are a good reason to need money. But, um, you know, it's not like, because I want to, you know, do all the drinking and all the drugs. But, but to, I think for me that that only cuts more because sure. it's so that I can be a good father to somebody else. Yeah. And he never acknowledges that he was a bad father to her in the entire episode. Unless I'm forgetting something, unless I'm forgetting an exchange, um, he's that's like, no. There's there's no acknowledgement apart from wanting a clean slate. Yeah, and um, so for so like that, it's like so that I can be here there for my my other family, for my son. Like that, I wasn't there for you, and I don't care. Did, did you even need braces? Who knows? You know, um, for me that I don't know. It really really worked for me. That's that's I'm we're on such a different page there. That's really that's fun. I like when we disagree. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I understand everything you're saying, but it's just like, again, he's such a very new presence uh -huh. that we have to adjust to that it's it's just like, we knew he wasn't around, but this, I don't even feel like, did we knew that he had like a whole other family? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, so I just forgotten then. That's fair. Um, but I... it's just, 
Yeah, I'm pr- I think we knew he was remarried and had a new yeah. family, um, but we didn't know that they were, that that he was divorced again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think we knew that. So, no, that was new information. Okay. Well, it's just I think a lot of it was also just the fact that we didn't have any concept of him when he was around. I guess. Mm-hmm. So for him just to be kind of like this kind of emotionally distant, uncaring, indifferent type of person, I just went, okay. And that's basically was my response. It was just like, this is what he was going to be, I guess. And again, a lot of it is just there to facilitate this climax, and we needed to get here as quickly as possible. No, that's interesting. So yeah, I think we just see it very, very differently. Like if if he was a yeah. more distinctive character, I think that would undermine what they're yeah. doing. Um, sure. So so having him like for me, it didn't like it, it's not that that was like well, this is what we need for the plot to get us where we need to yeah. go. I think it's this for me. That's what just that's what makes the most sense. Like that 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 was she has this huge idea of her father and, and he's just not, he's just so far from that, that if that, it, yeah. But know. what's, what's motivating that huge idea of her father, her, his absence and her desire to, to feel his well, affection, her, her desire. Yes. But like, what has he done to even like nothing? Well, that's the thing. It's just like, even, like, what little token has he done in the past for her to, like, cling to for, like, this? Nothing. To, like, well, see, that's the thing. It's just, like, where is where is this particular mental mental health issue coming from? Where What is she clinging to that's creating this? She's clinging to the idea in her head of a father mm-hmm. who loves her and wouldn't abandon her for no reason. I don't think there needs to be, like, some card that... Or that he would send every now and again, or they would show up sometimes, and and like that would keep fueling it. I think it's just her insecurities, and I think that's so, so right. And because if he was around more, then she would have those illusions dashed. But because he's not there to put a factual or like his his actual self up against the image she's created for him, he hasn't been able to to shatter that glass for her and make her see what he is. I'm tilting my head back and forth. Noel, Noel's unconvinced, uh, listeners. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I understand and I can agree with that to a certain extent, but it's just like I need like something like something talisman like for her to rub basically to be like this is why. And the absence doesn't really work for me on just a character Okay. Level. Okay. Yeah. Well, listeners, it's a hot topic here at the Televerse. Yeah. Strong opinions both ways. Let us know how you feel about this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we can't leave the, the finale here without talking about the music. So uh, I loved the, the, the metal, How Nice to Be a Bride or whatever. Yes. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> no, and I mean, it's one of those instances where, like, the obvious, like, lack of a budget at the end of the season works because it was just like we just need to flash lights and go black and white and headbang the shit out of this and it's just like this is the perfect way to do this you had to spend a lot of money on that location to rent Mm -hmm. it out you might as well really do a good job with this and they do it's a terrific very funny number love is patient love is kind as someone who's been playing (laughs) weddings since i was in eighth grade maybe even earlier like 
I, 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 I tend to enjoy the deep cuts that you'll see sometimes uh, about wedding planning and um, other other topics on TV shows and in, in, in films. So a discussion of which one to 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 use and like why would you second guess a classic and these different th- like yeah I I've, I've heard love is patient love is kind so many times Noel I can't even tell you I can't even tell you the number of times that I've heard for uh. Second Corinthians. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I've never heard it in that way, and that made it extra delightful and special to me. Um, what did you think of the reprise of everything? No, the reprise was really good too. Just on a musical level, this was a really strong episode. I really liked the reprise. Um, I liked the moment in which it happened, and the kind of within the narrative, a very calm before the storm sort of approach. So, I really liked the reprise as well. Of course, I loved having Thought Bubbles come back as Josh is like looking mm-hmm. in the mirror and the, the, the scoring has continued to be on point all season. So I thought that was really terrific. Any final thoughts on on the music? I mean, like we've talked about this before, but for me, having a reprise like that, I love whenever they do the reprises because it, it's the, the things I love about television and the things I love about musicals coming together, uh, the, the long form storytelling and the reminder of the journey that they've been on through the the repetition of the musical motifs is I, I just continue to love it and I thought it was utilized really well here um do you have any final thoughts on season two of crazy ex-girlfriend I'm really worried about why Josh and Daryl right hopefully I, th- I think they'll work it out I the, no it out, I feel like right? the two like the two most emotionally stable people now <laughs> <laughs> kind of have yeah. to apart from I think Heather's pretty stable and yeah that kind of a weird way but um yeah no i need them i need them to be okay otherwise i need white josh to spin off into his own like people's court judgment type reality show (laughs) um to do that um but yeah so i'm still really eager for season three even if i wasn't like bowled over by the season two finale Mm -hmm. and the only other thing i hope for is that like valencia just keeps showing up because she's phenomenal. Oh, she's so good. Oh, she's going to have so much fun with Let's Destroy Josh Chan. Exactly! It's going to be wonderful. Um, And also, let's not forget to mention Hector and his mom. (laughs) We we should have her over for dinner. She's like, no, no, don't go over for dinner over there. No. Don't don't do it. Don't Don't do do it, it. Heather. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, well, um, yeah, I I was a much bigger fan of this one than you, it sounds like. But um, still, I think we both have had a lot of fun with the second season of crazy girlfriend and the big question that of course we can't have answered until next season they've done exclamation points they've done question marks what's next ellipses i feel like that's not you know intense enough well, for do you want to do you want to know what the first six episode titles are because they dropped them today seriously okay yeah. what is it what's the, what's the device uh well i'll read them off but there's no okay. punctuation in them um huh yeah so we've got josh and rebecca do america Okay. Josh and Rebecca High School Reunion. Josh and Rebecca and a Pizza Place. Josh and Rebecca's Excellent Adventure. Nathaniel Finds a Penny. It was Daryl's Penny. Okay. Seriously? That's that's what she tweeted. Wow. Okay. Well, that is intriguing. And, uh, yeah. Now that's just going to tantalize all summer so yeah. and spring and spring and the rest of winter yeah <laughs> well uh Noel, what wins your week in comedy besides a certain episode we'll be talking about at the end of the week <laughs> 
right. of, the, of the episode. Um, so I want to give like a quick shout out to the middle um, who had some fun with like um, uh, realizing that you're in love with someone and then seeing your best friends uh, like almost hook up. But mm-hmm. the other thing that with it that was really good is that they deal with the fact that Frankie finds out that she's like biologically unable to have children anymore because of her age and everything. She's going through the mm-hmm. change. And she, the show just addresses this, like, really head on. And they, like, Mike, like, borrows a neighbor's baby to, like, make her feel better about it. But then there's just a big thing about, like, they're in the car with the baby going to sleep. And they're remembering, like, they end up going on the route that they went to, like, put all the other kids to sleep. And a bump that happened to each of their kids has been paved over. And she's just like it should have been. It should have been memorialized in some way. And she just like it becomes this big thing where she's just like my ovaries were really good to me, and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And it's just a really like this is not something that gets talked about a lot on like television or anything. So there's just there's just this really sweet moment in which she's just like they needed to be. I re- they were really good and they were they did really good work and I'm <laughs> I was really happy with them and she's just really upset that she's like sad that she's entering this next stage in her life and it's really really well executed because it happens in a car and ever if you ever start watching the middle <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll know that anytime they're in a car something's going to happen in some sort of like weird emotional sort of situation and because that's how the middle operates. And it was just a really great moment uh, that, again, isn't something that gets represented on TV in a funny but really kind of meaningfully honest sort of way. So I'll give it to the, I'll give it to the middle this week. Uh, what about you? Well, I do want to give some love to uh, Full Frontal with Sam, Sam B, uh, specifically for their segment where they sent uh, one of their correspondents to Scotland uh, to interview people that have pissed off Trump about his uh, golf course in Scotland. Uh, it was delightful and one of my favorite things this week. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to give it to the Craziest Girlfriend finale because I thought it was terrific and I really, really thought uh, – I really loved it. I thought it, it capped the season – which has not been like always a hundred percent on point, but I think it's been a really strong second season. They they capped it well for me. So um, some more final love for Crazy Ex Girlfriend season two. Now we will take a break and come back with our weekend drama and genre. Thank you. 
this week in drama and genre, Noel uh, is a awesome, lucky person who has seen some episodes of The Good Fight, so he's going to preview that, and I'm going to be jealous. Then we're going to talk uh, about uh, Legion, which had its premiere this this uh, week, and then Supergirl, The Martian Chronicles, and we'll round things out uh, for drama and genre with Legends of Tomorrow, Turncoat. So first up, The Good Fight. Um, how where should I be at with my psych levels because I'm trying I didn't think I was going to be excited about this at all and but now you're kind and of now excited, I'm like right? way too excited so I'm trying to roll it okay. back okay and remember that it's still the kings so the kings are still going to be the kings which is good but also bad so where should I also where bad. should I be at with this scale it back a little bit okay but don't scale it back a lot. Um, I'm not, like, sure how much I can, like, say and talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, the CBS email was very unclear about that. Um, so I'll be very broad, and then we can dive in in a couple of weeks after it premieres on the 19th. Yeah. Um, but it's good. Um, and a lot of the things that I feel comfortable in saying is that the election really reframes the show's existence in a lot of ways, especially the premiere episode. And a lot of, mainly through, basically, I'm pretty sure one scene that they just shot after yeah. the election occurred, and more more specifically, like, well, yeah, just after the election occurred. And I think that that changes, it gives the show a reason to exist on sort of a allegorical level, as opposed to just being a thing that existed because reasons. Yeah. Which is how we all felt when they announced the spinoff. It was just like, oh, we really like Christine Baranski and we really like Diane Lockhart. I don't know that I need a show with her. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that just goes away because of the election in a lot of ways. And it reframes even the whole premise of her losing all of her money. And so it's it's the premiere is really interesting. The second episode it operates very much like a good wife episode. So there's procedural court stuff. There's a weird thing that they have to figure out how to incorporate into the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the cast is all crackerjack, um, which isn't a surprise because I mean, you've got like Delroy Lindo, you've got, um, Kush Jumbo. I mean, come Rose, on. Kush Jumbo who gets the and in the opening credits. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, but you've got Erica Tazel from Justified. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal in this, like, in very brief screen time. She's really, really good. Um, I-, I was doing some happy and, clapping there, listeners, just very quietly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's it's good. It's, it's The aesthetic feels a little different, even though they have the same director of photography. Um, it's just... A, it's either with the lighting that they're doing. I, I need to like see a few more episodes before I can make a decision, but it feels almost kind of Fincher-esque in a lot of ways, David Fincher-esque, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to this. It feels glossier in a lot of different ways, but I'm not, I'm not sure if that's just... I'm not sure what's causing that just yet. But it's good. It's good. I, I feel vindicated in like having been excited about this for the past couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um and I am also just excited that they found a perfectly okay way to work in Sarah Steele's Marissa Gold uh-huh. into the show. And because, as listeners know, uh, I-, I love Marissa. She's my favorite. <laughs> um, so I-, I think that you should be continue to be excited and eager to watch. Um, but I will also say that the thing to remember is that I didn't know that you could still say 
and me be interested in, but Christine Baranski does it twice, and I'm just like, yes! <laughs> uh, so, yeah, be excited. I'm really eager to um, talk to you about it in two weeks. Okay, now, uh, two things. First of all, uh, when yeah. I heard that they had basically scrapped a chunk of, at least a chunk of the, ep- the episode, and uh, just retooled after the election, I was very, very happy because, I mean, it was it was all over the good wife, at least with Diane, that, that Hillary Clinton was a very strong inspiration for her. And, yes. and like, she had her picture on her desk the entire series. So, so yeah. especially with the premise of Diane loses her entire life savings, like, all this, this hard work that she's done, everything that she's built up for, uh, you know, her entire life is undermined and taken away, um, you know, through a Madoff kind of situation, but still through um, underestimating um, or through um, a bad person, a bad guy. I think if they hadn't addressed it, it would have been very strange. So I'm glad to hear that. And then the the most important thing, the biggest question I have, um, not even remotely touched on by you, sir, uh, is this still Baroque Strings Land or have they come up with a new sound? No, uh, it's still Broke Strings Land. Uh, David, eh. Buckley's, David Buckley's still doing the score, and the scoring still sounds... It's. I'll say this, is that it sounds more different from The Good Wife than Brain Did Dead, okay. um, but it's still, it's still pretty much the same sound, which is a little jarring in a couple of instances. But yeah, no, it's still mo- mostly the same like acoustic uh, zone that they're operating in. I'm afraid that is that is very very disappointing. I'm glad to know that so I can yeah. like temper my expectations. But that's very very disappointing because um, for me, and maybe this is something I need to ponder about and then write up. But the the good wife's use of strings was very explicitly tied to Alicia. Mm-hmm. And it and its use of classical music was very explicitly tied to Alicia, and the, when the show really fully embraced it and, and kicked it up to the next gear, which I thought was a huge part in them transitioning from straightforward procedural to much more archetypal uh, discussion of of women in the workplace, of power, of all these different things, repositioning themselves as a much more timeless story um, than uh, than a you know, much more universal story than, than the specific story was when they started doing that. And that happened, um, at least as I'm remembering it with the introduction of the John Noble character who walks around with Beethoven all the time. Um, and Bach, Bach, sorry, Bach all the time. Yes. Thank you. Um, come on. Yeah. That's my bad. That was, that was, that was a really, yeah, that's a very foolish mistake there. So thank you. Um, so, so having, and it was very explicitly connected to Alicia through his affinity for Alicia, his respect and admiration of Alicia. So to continue that same oral, uh, approach in the good fight is a mistake. I think without having seen the episode yet, we'll see what, yeah. you know, when I actually watch it, but that's a misjudging of the, why of, of the use of score in the good wife and why it worked and why it was so powerful. And you can't just, or you shouldn't just switch to a different lead character and keep everything else the same and think that that makes sense. Diane is not classical broke. Alicia is classical Baroque Um, and what classical music or orchestral Western art music, not capital C classical time period, capital B Baroque time period, but also lowercase B 
as well, lowercase b broke as well. Um, and so that is, I have a lot of thoughts on this. And you haven't even seen the episode. And I haven't even yet. seen the episode yet. And that's part of why it was so jarring for me in Brain Dead because it didn't. It was like it, it was part of what made it feel like such a just like a knockoff in some of those scenes. And yeah. and that lack of understanding of the power of of the of their scoring and why it worked and why it was so distinctive and why it was such a brilliant move when they finally fully embraced it um, is very disappointing because uh, there's not a lot of shows that I get a sense that they really understand even when they have really good music really appropriate scoring and there's not a lot of shows that I get the day under I get the feeling that they understand why a show that does is Hannibal a show that does is the Nick. Uh, I thought the show that did was The Good Wife, but apparently not. So yeah. um, that is very and, disheartening. Like, I, I know you just went on this big tear, and it's also entirely possible, like, my untrained ear just went, that sounds like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, but based on the fact that they did for Brain Dead, you know, it, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So we'll, we'll, we'll have yeah. more on this. It's similar enough that I just went, this sounds like The Good Wife yeah. still. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well. More on this in a few weeks. I'm still very excited for that. So thank yeah. you for, for sharing your thoughts on it. Let's mm-hmm. move on to Legion. And, of course, right. the, the, the musical number, the dance number from this is was the music that led into our segment here. Um, now, you talked about this in our fall preview. Now that yes. other people will have seen it, we can get more spoilery. Um, well, how did you feel about this premiere? Uh, for me, it didn't really work in a huge way. I know a lot of people were very, very excited about it. Um, and I was just sort of like, okay. Um, the, the, the music hits, and I, and I've just gone on this long lengthy diatribe about the importance of scoring. Um, for me, it wasn't, it didn't add up to anything meaningful for me. It just seemed like a lot of like, well, that's a cool song or that's, that's a song people like. And so we'll use that one. I did, I wasn't seeing connective tissue. Um, and so that was such an important part of the style and the approach of this first episode that it didn't really click for me. Now it could be that just, this is not my area of music. And so other people who are more knowledgeable about the, the context of these songs may have a much stronger connection to it much you know they may be seeing stuff that i'm not but for me that was uh you know a big part of the style of this first episode and i was just sort of just kind of waiting to get to the part of the episodes that were more that were more interesting and were more substantive and i felt like it felt like there was too much style over substance here what did what did you think i think i said the same thing when we did the preview and I, I watched the episode again before we recorded since I it's been at least it's been a it's while. Been at least two or three weeks since I watched it, if not like almost a month. Because um, I think they dropped it around TCAs um, and I think mm-hmm. I watched it then. But I watched it again and I just went, yeah, this is still this is still like Wes Anderson by way of Stanley Kubrick. And it's it's also dollhousey almost and like and precocious mm-hmm. and i just want to go just i just want to mess things up in it a little bit just mm-hmm. to be like no stop being so neat and tidy and that's that's still where i was with it and i also was just like you guys can't get away with his mental st- instability justifying certain things like a random bollywood number that mm-hmm. comes out of goddamn nowhere like there's yeah. there's nothing within the frames, and I was actually looking for it um, while I was watching it this time around because I was just like, 
all right, I remember there being a black and white classical mu- movie on during the asylum, so maybe I can look for something else that would key into this random Bollywood number that occurs, and there's not anything. And then I immediately go, so wait, everyone's dressing like they're in the 50s or 60s. When did they have a chance to see a Bollywood musical again? And <laughs> But that gets into like one of the larger issues that they're being the, purposefully coy with is when the show takes place. Even though, again, everyone's dressed like they're in the 50s or 60s or, like, late 60s. And it's it's just, it's very coy. It's very visually precise. But Mm -hmm. it's something that I just immediately go, I just, you're so precocious and you're so look at me. And you're so very much wanting to operate in this kind of living pop art sort of mentality that I immediately go, but pop art's already got this weird layers of metafiction and homage and postmodernism happening within it that to really lay it on, I'm just like, but I don't need you to do that. I don't need that for you to do this. And I just, yeah, I just kind of went, I still really like all these performances, but there's not a show here yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to like Aubrey Plaza so much more than I do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's only been one episode. Um, and I don't have much experience um, with people with, with mental health uh, issues and struggles that we see the people, the patients seem to have. So I don't, I can only speak to like representations I've seen in films and, and TV and stuff like that. But I wasn't very impressed with, the performance that we were getting, like the, the makeup and the, the approach, everything, it just felt very, it didn't feel, it didn't feel organic at all. It just felt very like you've seen a movie about crazy people and this is how they act. Um, you've and, seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So isn't it interesting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so I don't know. I'm like, and again, maybe this is, maybe there, there's more, like touches of actual like this based on stuff that I don't know about. And please reach out listeners and let me know if it, like if you have any expertise in this or any knowledge about this stuff. And I would very much appreciate um, hearing from people uh, about that. But like yeah, with the, even just like the makeup of like the red eyes underneath um, and the performance, it just felt very um, whenever, whenever we have series dealing with characters who theoretically have, mental uh mental illness and other things that they're struggling with it's very important to me that that be treated respectfully and be treated in a way that is not going to tell people who need to have help and you need to to take their mental health seriously and really you know take care of themselves that's not going to tell them that 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 is important that it's not that you should just not listen to your shrinks and you should just go off your meds because then everything will be fine. Little superpowers, um, which way too many shows do. And so I, I'm particularly sensitive to that. Um, but yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, it's only the first episode, and our main character does not have the mental uh, like diagnosis he's been given because he's got superpowers instead. And I would very much appreciate it if the show would delineate those two things and, and say, you know, like make that very abundantly clear, but just, there's not a great history in, in TV and, and 
in at least the films that I've seen, which is a very small subset of all of the films, um, uh, but of doing that and of treating mental health respect, like in, in respectful and thoughtful and responsible manner. Um, so I was a little uh, put off by the hospital scenes for that reason as well. Um, yeah, is this is this is this is a based on a comic book, right? Right. No, Legion's a uh, Legion is. Dan Stevens' character is indeed based mm-hmm. on a comic book of the same title. Um, I haven't read it, and mm-hmm. I have absolutely no idea. I've The extent of what I know about this character is basically just log lines that I've read when they announced this project. So who he's related to within the X-Men universe. and Oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, but yeah, and that's the extent of what I know. And, like, I know, like, how he, like, came about, how he was born and how he was conceived mm-hmm. within the X-Men universe. But beyond that type of stuff, I, like, know absolutely nothing. I've never read Claremont's comic um, that features Mm -hmm. him or where he even fits into the X-Men universe, um, in part because, like, I was telling uh, Corey when we were talking about it this week, it was just, like, the X-Men universe has, like, more characters than the Bible at this point, and I don't know (laughs) half of them anymore. And they just, they kept making a lot of them up in the 80s and 90s when the X-Men really, really took off. And I think Legion came about in, like, the 80s as well. Because um, that's when Claremont was writing. So I know that much, mm-hmm. at least. Um, so I can't speak to how much of this is, like, driven by the comics in any way, shape, or form. Um, but I do agree with your point about the representation of mental health. And <clears throat> the delineation for it is just one of those things where it goes, well, he doesn't know, so how much of it is him buying into him being told that he has a problem, but also mm-hmm. just he's seeing a guy with yellow eyes and that, that, that seems like it would be an issue. Mm-hmm. And, but that the, the meds that he's routinely given, like dull all his powers. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's not clearly defined in any real way, shape or form. And I, it's like you said, it's not an uncommon trope within, um, whatchamacallit, within uh especially comic book superhero superhero yeah. comic book medium but especially with mutants um yeah um and a lot of that i think is whether or not how they engage that and how they engage the mutants particular type of discrimination and how much of that feeds into um his storyline is especially what they can do in eight episodes and mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that's going to feed into this. I suspect that just by nature of how Haley's discussed the show is that the shifting nature of his mental health is going to continue to be an issue for the remainder of the season, at least. And also because Aubrey mm-hmm. Plaza is a regular for the entire season. Um, yeah. Feeds into it as well. But I, I don't know. And I'm... I I was talking like a little bit like when uh, after they dropped it and a bunch of critics watched it and some of the more hesitant folks like Noel Murray was like I'm really concerned that this show can choke on its own pretensions and I'm pretty sure it's going to choke on its own pretensions but I'm also coming at this from the fact that I think Fargo choked on its own pretensions very very mm-hmm. quickly and I don't see any reason within this first episode for me not to go Legion's also going to choke, and Legion's also much more deeply stylized than even the second season of Fargo was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's again, I to, to just keep trying to remind myself that it's just the first episode. 
Um, but when you have someone who you feel comfortable with as a showrunner, like, like, you, like, I feel like we have a sense of his style and his priorities and everything. Uh, Noah Hawley, um, from his seasons on, on Fargo, it, it, it's tempting for me to say like, this is, you know, a follow, com, continuing in a trend. So maybe I should give Noah Hawley more, more credit and wait to see a bit more before I have too strong of a, like, concrete sense of what i think about some of this but um you're very generous (laughs) yeah i'm being very generous uh it just uh yeah i just we'll see we'll see what where they go i I just i hate it i hate it so much i hate it so much noel when they when they make superpowers um when they tell people just go off your meds because that's just dulling you to the real world and you you have magical autism and you those voices you hear they're they are real and um like and this person is trying to get you to you know take your meds and t- and and tell shut off those voices telling you to kill people and they're bad you know like there's it happens so so often on in genre tv and i i think there there should there needs to be there should be more of a sense of responsibility to what you're telling what you're putting out there yeah as as a show and 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 the the impact your art can have and um and and a show like this based on this first episode um and without having read the comic but it, it it seems like it's much more interested in reflecting the comic book than it is in in any other or issues and at that's, least the comic book mentality yeah yeah and um and so we'll see we'll we'll see what happens as they move forward i guess i'm I'm planning to keep watching at least for now um but yeah i just people die people die every day or at least every week um because they go off their meds and they spiral and they commit suicide and showing that as a positive healthy natural oh everybody else doesn't understand um is dangerous and this is part of what got me on the anti tom cruise bandwagon a long time ago when he was going around doing a scientology tour telling everyone they should ignore their psychiatrists um and and so i just i don't think that should be your fuel for your fun comic book show i think there are other and better ways to do that or there are ways to do that while being sensitive to and aware of the potential consequences of your artistic endeavor so yeah apparently it's a pet peeve of mine (laughs) any final thoughts on legion no no um i'll stick around for a little while longer but also eight episodes isn't that huge of an investment so Mm -hmm. i mean we'll see We'll see. Well, let's move on to our next episode, uh, which uh, should be a little lighter, at least in our conversation. That's Supergirl, The Martian Chronicles. And the main thing for me with this episode is it's amazing how when you let Jeremy Jordan do something, he's really good. It was awesome watching him get to be evil for like a second. I was like, oh, you're so much more interesting when they let you do things. (laughs) No, no, he was. And he, he... 
even just like body language and facial expression just change like really drastically. And you would expect mm-hmm. like facial expression to change really drastically given what he was about to do. But like even mm-hmm. like body structure and his posture just really shifted uh, in that reveal right before he tried to set everything on fire. Um, yeah. it, but no, it was really good. And I was also really frustrated that the thing apparently isn't a thing in mm-hmm. this universe because I was just like, you guys are trying to put people on fire to test to see if they're an alien. <gasps> That's the thing. That's the entire premise <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that's true. But it, it was a, it was a fun episode, though. I immediately went. That's that that's that's the sh- that's that's a very small number of people to be working at night on a massive government agency. That's a very yeah. small number of people. A very I, small number. Of I feel like there should be more people working the graveyard yeah. shift at the DEO. But no, it's eight people. <laughs> um, the other thing I just enjoyed was more stuff with Maggie and um, Alex and mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that. She- Alex is a huge Bear Dick Eddie's fan, <laughs> even though I I am not particularly a big uh, B and L fan. Uh, uh-huh. But I really enjoyed the fact that this was a running gag, and also that they just made sure that they had commemorative T-shirts of various. Yeah. That was just a really nice touch to add to the fact that we're going to go to a Bear Naked Ladies concert. We're going to be wearing our T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it, there are a lot of little character touches like that 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 were nice, and like like Kara being just being kind of selfish you know being like i want you to spend my birthday with me even though i want you to go out with your girlfriend too you know it's nice to see you know her her not always being you know perfect you know in her interactions and being more human i appreciate that and also i just back to when i loved that when he like woke up and like he, he was like all sullen and groggy yeah. <laughs> i thought that, that he was just like no i have to do it mm, yeah <laughs> tired and stumbling like I, I, that character choice to not just be like freaked out or not just, but yeah. to have it be like this sort of like in between emotions thing yeah. i thought was was really I funny was and a, a, some black goo guys come on come on <laughs> Okay, well, we'll just say that. it's like no, I can't do that. You're stupid. <laughs> it's it's yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, any thoughts on Jean and McGann? I, th- I wish I had any beyond oh, I'm glad we don't have to do this storyline anymore because you guys didn't really develop it in any w- real way, shape, or form. But I'm yeah. glad that you're leaving it. the The big thing that I ran into with it was the fact that she was just like, well, if I don't leave, they're going to keep coming, but there also may be people like me. After they've oh, we've killed two of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, but why didn't you just decide to go ahead beforehand before all this happened? Yeah, yeah. and it's just like, well, I'm gonna go now, and it's just like, wait, but 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 I understand that there's no episode if you went earlier, <laughs> but that was really dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's that. There's that. Um, the last thing I have for this episode is uh, you. Supergirl is still a way too white show, but um, you gotta love, or at least I really appreciated them very actively, at least it seemed to me very actively putting in lines like, this skin is beautiful. Yeah. Um, with their, with, with McGann, and um, the I, I like that they're continuing that thread uh, in, in the show and in its representation. Now, if they could have someone besides James on the show who is, who is, you know, Black, which is not white, who isn't an alien pretending to be that, you know, <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but but you know, I still do appreciate 
that seem that sense of awareness of of the issue even if i would like them to address it more actively in their casting um but who knows who knows when they will do that uh let's move on to our last show of the week at least before our spotlight and that is legends of tomorrow turncoat um okay rip as evil brainwashed is so much better than either of the other two versions of rip either of the other two versions of it i had a feeling you were going to feel this way (laughs) well it's just like it's not even close (laughs) right is this is not just me this can't is this not this is just me no 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 no. i i i'm 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 a i predicted that this was going to be your reaction yeah but but b was the fact that i think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that we've never i at least i haven't seen arthur dalville play like evil before mm-hmm. so i feel like a lot of that was just deeply refreshing mm-hmm. and he he i think he was clearly enjoying his stalking uh franz drama through the set and mm-hmm. just really relishing this whole thing of like i'm just gonna shout at you through the hallways like i'm a big bad villain and i'm going <laughs> to enjoy it yeah and it, it, no it was a great deal of fun and i i, I think he was having fun playing like the nerd phil um Mm -hmm. and how how really engaged in like that kind of twitchy nervousness and i i I really enjoyed that um but it's a very fun version because you can see that kind of bravado that carried rip through season one in this evil version of rip and i i liked that he made that decision to make sure that that through line existed that even though it's rip it's evil rip so he still has all of like rip's personality traits Mm -hmm. they're just evil now Yes, like f- five E's there. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and because it's just, it's like on so many different shows when you let a character, they turn evil for some reason on in genre shows, uh, it usually is way more fun. Basically because then they're not brooding. So Angelus, more fun in season two than Angel of Buffy, uh, season two of Buffy, I should say, because now he's not brooding. And, um, and uh, Laurel, you know, Black Canary, sorry, Black uh, Siren, more fun because she's not brooding. <laughs> Katie Katie Cassidy is also more fun when she's Laurel on the flesh because she's not brooding there either without being evil. Yeah. So like when you let Rip just have the bravado but not be constantly sulking or constantly terrified like Phil is um, and not moping around is way more fun character. If he has to be evil for that to happen, so be it. I don't care. I'd much rather watch this version if he's going to still be on the show. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Darville, mm-hmm. like, going forward. And I I feel like this may be, like, increasingly the end of the line for him. Yeah. Because otherwise, if he comes back, then Sarah gets demoted from captain. I don't want that. Nope. I like Sarah's captain. Sarah's a better I captain. A, lot, a much I like better that. Captain. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um. So I, f- I feel like we're, like, reaching a point where, like, he'll break the brainwashing to sacrifice himself to save everyone, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And that'll be fine. That'll be good. Um, what did you think about the rest of this episode? Uh, what did you think about, like, Nick and George Washington, like, bonding uh, to even get, like, a man hug at the end? Mm-hmm. That, I, like the, I like that there's a statue of Rory now. That's fun. Um, how you have George Washington have his life saved by Amaya and never bring up that he's a slave owner is a little curious to me you know it's like ah i own a lot of people like you 
and I'm going to continue to own them after you've saved my life. And uh, we're just going to pretend to just don't think about it. Like, come on, guys. Well, it was a very Hamilton approach to that, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's, it's rather, um, yeah, rather irritating to me. Uh, did that bother you at all or no? Well, it, it was a double-edged sword. It was just like either they can acknowledge it and deal with it, or we get the Civil War episode again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so lose if they, they were going to lose either way. Well, they could have put Amaya in a different part of the episode, so she wasn't interacting with George Washington. No, this is very true. But I mean, they just kind of pro- and you'll notice even like within the background casting that there's another black guy dancing. Mm-hmm. at the party that they're throwing and i just went nope not guys <laughs> i know much. that i know that there were historically yeah. speaking yeah. i'm not buying it still <laughs> yeah at least they give a line of like you know commenting on a, an interracial couple at the thing like like yeah. remarking that that is odd there um yeah and but but yeah it's um yeah, guys. Like other other than that, I thought it was a pretty fun episode, and they, I thought they struck a pretty good balance with stuff. Having Amaya and and uh, oh my goodness, historian, what's his name? Nixano. I don't know. I just keep calling him Nixano. <laughs> yeah, having ha- ca- Citizen Steel, having them hook up because we don't know what else to do with these characters. Why not? You know, right? It's just like oh, that Beauty and the Beast thing we were ge- driving at with Nick and Amaya. Uh, never mind that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, whatever, whatever. They had they had good enough chemistry in their in their baking scene. Um, I like all the I you know I enjoy all of the Ray as the house marm with the chore wheel. That was that was all very fun. Um, they did a pretty good job of balancing the different tones. I thought throughout the episode, yeah. uh, the drama with uh, with Sarah being shot and and with Jack and then the killed. And then killed, and then not quite dead yet. <laughs> um, so that's now, what, three times? Two times that she's yeah. died. Yeah. Three, uh, well, two, times- two official, two times that she's actually died, but three times that she's thought to be dead. Thought to be dead, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought on the whole it was it was a, a pretty fun episode, even if it did have some rather glaring things for me. Um, any final thoughts for, for you on Legends? No, though... I did really enjoy their Christmas party. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really nice. And I really enjoyed like the whole family aspect and how very light it was and how again, but Sarah was just like, it, it is kind of weird that we're doing this, but it's really important that we do this too. And I just, I really liked that. I thought that was really, really nice. And I liked how everyone was like really into it at the same time. And they all had the paper, the paper crowns and everything. It was just, it was very nice even though it wasn't like actually Christmas here. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's a good way to do it. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Um, well, what wins your week in drama and genre? No. Um, uh, I'm, I'm preemptively giving it to tonight's Steven universe. <laughs> um, because I haven't watched it yet and it hasn't even technically aired in my time zone yet. But, um, of what we discussed, I, I I'll give it to Supergirl. It was a perfectly, it was a perfectly good episode. Mm-hmm. And, um, I even liked the stuff that we got with, like, Kara going like, oh, yeah, I kind of do like Mono. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Even though it goes against my Lena Kara shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. What about you? What what won your week in genre? Uh, I'll give it to Supergirl as well. Just because, for me, the jury's still out a bit too much on Legion. Um, yeah. if, so if they end up... 
uh, subverting my fears and confirming my hopes, then then maybe I would rewatch this one and like it a lot more. But for right now, I'm going to give it to Supergirl. Um, now we'll take a break and come back to Spotlight, Jane the Virgin, uh, Chapter 54. We'll be right back after this. some music from Jane the Virgin this week we had the end of part two of Jane the Virgin uh it was chapter 54 listeners there be spoilers I don't know why you would still be listening um if you had not seen Jane the Virgin but uh last week's episode of Jane the Virgin but we're giving you every opportunity here to stop the you know podcast podcast playing device okay you've been warned so uh so they killed Michael How'd you feel about it? Look, like, A, we knew this was coming in terms of the fact that they've been telling us it was going to happen at some point with the whole, he'll, he'll, he'll love her until his dying breath. Mm-hmm. So we knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But then it was just like, wow, the narrator's being really meta this week. Oh, <laughs> something bad's going to happen. Yeah. And then I was just like, but it like it legitimately did not occur to me that it was going to be Michael until they're just like, how did you feel after eating that food? And he's just like, well, a little weird. And I just went, oh, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And it was just like, it happened. And then I was sobbing, even though we knew it was going to happen. Okay? I was just <laughs> like, no, this isn't okay. I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay. I've refused to be okay with this. This is like Beth getting sick all over again in Little Women, Kate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not Meg- okay. No, Beth. Yes, Beth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's Beth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, that's basically how I felt about, like, Michael dying was, it was just like, this is not okay. And then we got the flashbacks with their date to the carnival. And the, I was just like, this is not okay. I'm not okay right now. <laughs> so, so I got spoiled uh, about this. Oh, no. Because I, you know, I work when this is on. So right. I could I can't watch it live. And right. so. I didn't watch it live either. I just, you, I, I managed to avoid it the entire day somehow. Well, I don't know how. Because there were all these people talking on Twitter about being annoyed about articles saying like, you know, when mm-hmm. you say there's a big death and you're not going to, you put a spoiler in it, but then you put a picture of the person. We all know what that means. And so then I was like, huh, that's weird. Ah, crap. <laughs> like it wasn't hard to piece things together um especially with other tweets that were happening like so like nobody was like here's what happens kate but it's just like it was barely subtextual on twitter and right. and really that's on me that's not on anybody else i fully understand um so b- because of that my first viewing of this like it felt really heavy-handed 
because I knew where it was going. Um, but I still appreciated the episode, and I can't imagine what it would have felt like if I hadn't known what was coming. Um, yeah. I probably would have been like, huh, it's weird that they're spending so much time on the carnival. Eh, whatever. Shrug. Um, but I, I... Really, would you have been? Because I think, I, again, like, I feel like the, the narrator was being, like, really meta this week again. And when the narrator's meta, you know something's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the stuff that we got in this episode, I thought, uh, was really... Especially because the mislead with her, uh, with Jane potentially being pregnant. Like, that, mm-hmm. I thought, was a really effective mislead. For, like, oh, it's sure. a very important episode. Oh, something's going to happen. Oh, you're going to be pregnant. You know, like, like it lets you th- think you know what's happening. And, and that nothing works so so well as a distraction, I think, is letting the audience think that they're oh so clever. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's a shame. Uh, I'm really going to miss Michael. And I'm going to miss Brett Deer. And hopefully I look forward to seeing him in another role. It's hard for me to imagine him in a different role. So I hope he gets one that is, you know, different enough that it doesn't just feel like he's doing this again. Um, yeah. But because he's very good. He's very, he has, you know, he's very yes. good. But hopefully he'll pop up somewhere else soon. Um, as for what it means for the show, I'm a little worried that it's, they're just going to rush, especially with the time jump, they're going to rush into Jane's way to start dating again. And I know that they're, they're planning to do flashbacks. To show, you know, like, so that we can grieve as audience members by watching Jane's grieving process. But I just really hope this isn't an excuse to get back on the, the Raph and Jane. And the Raph grizzled after nine months in prison. Yeah. Raph. Yeah. <laughs> We're the gig. Like, I really don't need more. Petra still loves Raph, but Raph um, is now, maybe now Jane likes Raph, but Raph doesn't like Jane. Like, like I don't need more of that um so i think as we said we were gonna do it it's not a good enough reason to kill off a character um so i really hope that they've got some very distinct things planned that this was had to be the right time to do it you know what i mean like i don't know why this needed to be the time to do it um so we'll see and i it's it's so weird to be on the other side of an opinion about a time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and I, like, I have so many questions of, like, no, at the end, was she back at her grandma's? Okay, I was going to yes. say, because there's no way she can afford that place, even with Petra helping out with one salary. So, yeah. I, don't, I, I we'll, see, we'll see what comes next. How, how did you feel about it? Well, again, it, I'm normally the one complaining about time skips. Oh, they needed a time skip. This, don't get me wrong. <laughs> No, no. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, no, we really needed this time skip, Kate, because these these stories have been treading water to get to this point, basically, which is more like a structural issue yeah. this season than it is about the time skip. But it was just like, I when they said three years later, I was like, oh, thank Christ. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I needed this so badly to get to something else for them to do. Or, or even just um, because the cast is aging. And this has all been set over the yeah. span of, like, a year, maybe? And and so, yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think the time skip is good. I just don't know why are we killing well, even Michael from... now in Jane's develop. You know, and I guess there's not a reason just to shake things up. And because sometimes that's how life goes. I, I think part of it is this is how life goes, but this is also, again, the show's, like meta-ness and going well 
remember, it's a telenovela, everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's their justification for it on some level is the fact that it's just like, we're a telenovela, these things happen, and we told you it was going to happen, so you can't Mm -hmm. yell at us, guys, we told you. But, like, developmentally, I think a lot of it just has... I don't know that there's a good answer in terms of Jane development for them to do this beyond they mm-hmm. were ready to do it. And and I think a lot of it also just has to do with all the yeah. other storylines, more so than Jane's, that this time skip benefits everything else on the show mm-hmm. massively <laughs> than necessarily benefiting um, Jane's personal development. But I also think that they may be ready and... Maybe even Gina Rodriguez is ready to be like, I'm ready to do yeah. something different with Jane. And play Jane differently. Because it's just like, Jane's got a very mm-hmm. important haircut. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I think that that was a lot of it was just like, maybe they're just ready to find different beats to play with Jane. And yeah. to do this. And again, like, I'm not someone who likes time skip to speed up to these kind of big things. Because I think that they shortchange actors, they shortchange writing, and they short change like audience attention spans but because of everything else on the show i'm just like mm-hmm. oh thank goodness because i didn't want another half season of everyone going that that's not rose that elizabeth yeah. brahm is not playing yeah. rose. do you uh <laughs> how do you feel about that how do you feel about rose popping back up i'm okay with it i'm i'm mostly just excited for elizabeth rom to do something mm-hmm. and maybe make me like her <laughs> in a role because between Angel and Law and Order, it's just like, I don't like Elizabeth Rom in anything. But I like the little snippets that we get with her here. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited to see her do like comedy, which I feel like is something I haven't seen her do before. So I'm excited about that aspect of it. Uh, but I'm also just like, oh, are we still going to get Elizabeth Rom after three years? I Maybe she's changed her face again. She could have. But no, I would imagine... Like... Her no, I would imagine that they haven't because they got Elizabeth. Yeah, wrong. yeah. But um, her episodes in Angel where she gets to play comedy are my favorite. Are really good. Yeah, like yeah. I always think. A, I always think a really underrated Angel episode of season one, Sense and Sensitivity, where they the mm-hmm. police department has to do sensitivity training. Oh right, she is really good in that episode. Yeah, she's super funny. She is really good. Yeah, she's really good in that episode. You're right. So, so, so I'm hoping that that's indicative of. And I always feel like on Angel that character really suffered more from the writing than the performance. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then when she got Law and & Order and left and they couldn't... Because she was supposed to be Justine, you know, was going to be her, which would have been a whole yeah. other different thing for this name. Another time. Another time. But <laughs> Right, but on the same time, I like the meta-ness that she's playing a lesbian again, but this time it's open. Yeah, 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 there is that. Oh my god, that's like the worst. Oh, worst last line. <laughs> In Law and Order history. <laughs> Anyways, we're getting distracted. Um, anything else you want to talk about um, on this episode? Like, what What well, do you think about Rogelio going into reality? Right. I'm really... I, that's the one thing about the time skip I'm not happy about because I was really looking forward to that. Um, but I'm also hoping, like, the show's still going within the time skip. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we get to see that play out. But I was, I'm really, I was really excited about his willingness to embrace that mm-hmm. i thought was really good and the reasons why he's willing to embrace it i think are really good too yeah because it's very much like a yes i'm going to be very close to zoe and i'm going to be very close to my family they're my family yeah but i'm going to make this sacrifice after like basically yelling at you in this video yeah. about what you wanted to be but it's just like no let me show you how 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 sorry i am yeah 
and how much you mean to me that we're going to do this together. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's a, a, like one of the most singly least selfish things Rogelio's ever done. Yeah. And I think it's even though it's also selfish because Rogelio is always thinking about Rogelio on some level. <laughs> yeah. Note but his name is first. Because <laughs> Right, yeah, his name is first, but also it's like a good way for them to parlay that video into something that promotes the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. helps re- rehabilitate his image for later and that kind yeah. of thing. Assuming that's how this goes. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a really great thing. And I'm very excited about it. How did you feel about that particular angle? Well, just watching him watch the video and yeah. see her and really yes. hear himself was a, a very nice moment for the character. And yeah. um, honestly, I was, I was like, oh, no, Jane. Oh, no, Rogelio. That's his yeah. Rogelio right there. Uh, so, uh, you know, I look forward to seeing the show deal with that. Because I, I anticipate that they will all they will give some time for Rogelio to mourn Michael as well. Because he yes. doesn't have friends. Michael was yeah. pretty much his only friend. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to, to that as well. I love, 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 love that they made sure to give a nice moment to Raph and Michael. Um, before yeah. you know in, in this episode too and the stuff like I think it also some of the decision is they knew they wanted to do a time skip they knew at some point they were going to kill Michael um, having killing Michael while Mateo is young enough that he won't remember I think is a very active choice from them yeah and and that's kind of nice you know like sad and creepy way too <laughs> um, but um yeah, I, I I love that they that that it's three years later, but she still has the the pictures up, and there's it's yeah. still like right at, right there for her because she and Michael were together for two years, right before the start of the show. That feels right. Yeah, I feel like that's what it was in the pilot, and then it was like another year of craziness. Um, because mm-hmm. she she had Mateo before they got back together, like officially got married. So, so it makes sense that three years, basically, of dating and then and then marriage, and three years later, she's still like, it's still a, a big part of her her life. So I think that length of time makes sense for Mateo because you know they wanted to age him up, um, and for for her to be in a, for everybody to be in a very different part of their lives if they want them to be, uh, they can have yeah. Raph have gone through the legal proceedings and then gone to jail and then not gotten out on good behavior, but actually ended up being in jail for most of that three years. You know, there's a lot of things they could do with that as well. So um, I also really like the stuff that they give to Raph and the reasonings that they give to him here too. So just, again, the show maturing these characters. Um, That's a very different decision than he would have made and that Petra would have supported in the first season. Um, So that awareness of, of these characters and where they're coming from, I think is, is nice. Um, I just, I still don't care about vests. I don't care about Scott. Um, I don't care about the, the will and all like, I don't, I just don't even jumping ahead. will you know, that can't hurt, but I don't know. I hope Petra's doing something completely un- unanticipated. Like, I hope that it's, it's just something I can't even imagine. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for her to have a completely yeah. non raff related main arc. That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Any thoughts on the wedding? Right, no. So I'm pretty sure it's like Robin and Barney's wedding, right? Is that what's happening here? Is that, I is that how this is going? Want, you know who I want it to be? I want, to, I want, want it to be? be Alba. 
Well, yeah, I, I feel like everyone should want it to be Alba to Cheech Marin, right? Oh well, if he's no longer a priest, but um, uh, but but like I feel like that would be the most because it, it could be Bruce and Zoe, it could be her boss, yeah. it could be like, it could be um Petra and Raph, like it could be a lot of people, um, yeah. but that would be the one that I would most squee over. It could be Rogelio and Justina Machado, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but that would be the one that, especially enough in flashbacks, we got to see like a courting period. You know, like that would be so awesome. Yeah. Um. You have? Do you have a favorite? I I really like the abuela idea a lot, actually. Um, but yeah. I... I, I feel like it's going to be Zoe and Bruce, but I feel like that's also just the too obvious of the mm-hmm. choice, and also the like the least consequential choice because God, who cares about Bruce? Yeah. Even after this thing with Tess, who cares about Bruce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I like the idea that it's Abuela, but I guess we'll find out. I'm still saying that it's Robin and Barney, but I yeah, mean... <laughs> Ugh, let's not remind. This is like one of the most frustrating. <laughs> Like shows for wedding stuff, like ever. Okay, we're getting too distracted. When I'm starting to 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 put myself through remembering that really unfortunate series finale of How I Met Your Mother, uh, we know it's time to end the conversation. So it's on my brain because a friend of mine like binged it. Recently, oh, I'm sorry. And she like text. She texted me about it last night, and she's just like, I finished all of it, and I didn't. I didn't reply for like 12 hours because it was just like my immediate question was like. Why? Because um, I quit after season five. Why did you yeah. just not quit at some yeah, point? Yeah. And but so I'd wait yeah. until I was like in a place where I was just like, "What did you think of the finale?" Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. But yes, we've gotten off track. So, so. any final thoughts on Jane the Virgin and chapter or sorry part part two as a whole? Part two, yeah. Um, not like huge things about part two as a whole, just because a lot of it was like like we had discussed is like it was treading water in a lot of Mm -hmm. places um and just like it was moving way too incrementally for a lot of its plots Mm -hmm. and that was like becoming increasingly a problem for me so i'm really excited about the beginning of this uh new part and it also really explains why they just let um michael be like really kind of zany and crazy in the lead up to this so that they could let him flex those particular muscles yeah Yeah, it was just like we're gonna let him do stand-up we're gonna let him play jimmy stewart (laughs) And it's going to be great. And then we're going to kill him. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, the last thing I'll say is the, the the flash, like the light bulb motif was really mm-hmm. beautiful and, and such yeah. a, a, a wonderful way to do that. So I that really worked for me. Yeah. And I'm glad that they... That was really good. Are, yeah, are continuing to, to, to use those visual metaphors on the show it's, to prioritize that. So, yeah. Well, end... end of an important chapter for Jane and we'll see what they do next. Uh, a few show notes here at the end of the episode. You can find a post up for this episode at the televerse.org, which is the website for the podcast. You can uh, leave a comment there and let us know what you thought of the week's TV. Chime in with your thoughts on Legion with uh, where you fall and crazy ex-girlfriend and some of our other, our, our mini scraps this week, which is super fun. Yeah, no, we were like, we were really into disagreement this week. It was weird. I don't like a mommy and daddy fight. <laughs> Uh, good times. Um, uh, you can also email us at televerse at gmail.com. You can uh, like the page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. You can uh, find us on iTunes. We have an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. You can also find us on Stitcher. And uh, we're both up on Twitter. I'm at the Televerse. And Noel, you are? 
at Noah RK, and you can find me writing about The Flash and in two weeks writing about The Good Fight because I'll be doing at least the first couple episodes. But I think I'm going to be doing weekly recaps of The Good Fight over at uh, tvguide.com. And uh, let us know. Listeners, reach out if you're going to be at Clexicon because yeah, we want to know, know and yeah. we want to meet you. And yeah. yes, so let us, let us know who we should be on the lookout for. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. Okay. Um, that wraps up this episode. Thank you as ever, Noel. Always a pleasure. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Televerse. Mm-hmm.